I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. So what about J.K. Rowling? Is she in trouble again? Oh, yeah. So she's... um. Um, it's just the same old, same old, same old. I mean, the latest thing with her was that she, um, tweeted something about, um, the Scottish police, like, were, were, like, they passed some new law or something, or they were trying to, where the idea is that, um, the idea of the law is to sort of protect the feelings of rapists out there everywhere, you know, so that, like, the, if there's a trans rapist, they would respect the trans rapist's, um, gender identity with the pronouns that they use, so that you end up with news reports like, um, saying that a woman raped a woman when in fact it was a biological male. You can say male instead of saying man. That's the distinction that you would make like as a sensitivity reader, you would change that to respect. I just edited a whole medical textbook like that where it's like I had to change. Oh man, I'll get back to that later. But you know, like changing, you know, you change like mother to female parent and stuff like that because the the mother in this case identifies as a father or something so in order to get around that you know it's saying female that distinguishes biological sex from gender identity but beyond that yeah like with that jake with that jk rowling issue there you know her tweet was something like you know what's more important you know like the like your the feelings of the, the trans rapist even at, like we've gotten to the point where like it was just so obsessed with this filter of like of trans, this trans filter on everything that like we get to the point where we're mo- literally more worried about like respecting the gender identity of a rapist than we are of like, you know, the victim. Uh huh. <laughs> and it also is, I mean, that in itself is one thing to talk about, but also it's just so weird to me how I think there is something that becomes a weird sort of rewriting of history when you start using these. That's, that's what JK Rowling was saying. One of the things she was saying was, you know, you end up like kind of muddying the waters so much that it ends up working against other groups like, you know, like women. So you're saying like, look, women can, you know, uh, like women have sperm, men can have babies, women can beat can beat men in, sw- in, in swimming. And none of that's actually true because what they're saying is they're saying women according to what their definition of women is as opposed to what the definition is to, you know, everybody else. Well, and it and it just makes you realize how we've changed from de-emphasizing gender to re-emphasizing it, like on steroids. Because we, in the you know in the '60s and '70s through the 1990s, feminists really wanted to de-emphasize gender. For example, they didn't want to call attention to their gender in the workplace because they wanted to be evaluated based on the quality of their work and their ideas and their performance. And so you would never want to say, you know, hi, my name is whatever, and I'm a woman, or here's my gender identity. The whole point was to de-emphasize your gender identity. You said a lot last time we talked about that, where, you know, sort of like the original um, sort of agenda and goals and preoccupations of feminism um, to sort of de-emphasize gender have now been completely reversed. Everything is about gender. Everything is about race. They just released the new, the uh, Return to Hogwarts 
reunion special, which I'm sure you haven't seen because uh-huh. you haven't read any of the books because nope. <laughs> you're like the only, <laughs> the only person on earth. I'm the only one in America. Right. So Eleanor and I watched it immediately, like the second it came out. It was awesome. Eleanor was crying constantly, you know, because she's like the world. <laughs> she's like the world's biggest uh, Harry Potter fan. And um, it was great. Um, but it was conspicuously absent, of course, was J.K. Rowling. So lots of people are pissed off because it's, you know, because it's like this is like the the most successful writer in history. And even she can be canceled by a bunch of uh, you know, by a bunch of pissed off teenage bullies, which is sort of how I think about the this crowd anyway, because it's you know, it's like five years ago, like the 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 pain in the ass at the coffee shop seems to be now ruling the world. I'm like, you know, because they they got a Twitter account. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, and it's so so yeah, but it's basically they you know there was some you know in the in the press they kind of said like oh we're we're not snubbing J.K. Rowling exactly it's not exactly that and whatever, but basically that is it. They used they they didn't completely snub her. They used interview footage from her from like 2019, but she's like a footnote in the whole series, and she's like. She's like they have like everybody in there. They have tons of people, but she's not in the special. Um, and also, of course, people are you know like Quidditch leagues everywhere are like they're like not calling themselves Quidditch anymore. That's like I don't know what it's called, like fucking like you know like broom soccer or whatever the hell they're called. It's this ridiculous thing anyway. It's a bunch of bunch of like overgrown children running around with brooms between their legs, like jumping and trying to play soccer, which is kind of you know. I mean, I don't want to say pathetic, but um, a little bit of a little Peter Pan syndrome thing going on there, I guess. But that's cool, whatever. I mean, I love Harry Potter, you know. It looks fun. Yeah. I've seen videos. (laughs) It looks like a good way to get a groin injury, if you ask me. I mean, (laughs) but but it's like they're going to keep playing that. That's completely inspired by that, but then like change the name. We're so late, obsessed with labels in this society. Now we're going to keep playing this sport that J.K. Rowling invented, but we're going to change the name and take it. And we're reclaiming it now for our own Quidditch community. And the whole thing about about the J.K. Rowling thing is such a perfect example of everything that's wrong, basically, because. If you really look at what she's saying, first of all, nobody does that. That's the first problem is that people are sheeple and nobody nobody reads anything. They're just like, oh, did you hear J.K. Rowling isn't cool now? And everybody goes, oh, okay, well, fuck her. I mean, that's the way, you know, people, that's how it's always been, right? They're just like, hey, why are they hanging up that guy? Isn't that the grocer from down the street? I thought he was cool. Nah, it turns out he's a communist. Okay, well, fuck him. Let's, let's burn him at the stake. <laughs> You know, that's basically as far as anybody will ever go to protect anybody or stand up for anything. So J.K. Rowling actually is standing up for something, and that's why she's being crucified. But she's not saying anything. People are like, let's let's let me just take a moment on the podcast to define. There seems to be a lot of confusion about this, everybody. So let's just review the definition of transphobia. You know, it doesn't actually transphobia doesn't mean like transphobia disagreeing with anything I ever say or do. You know, that's not actually what transphobia <laughs> means. <laughs> and if you look at what she has said, you know, she she has never said anything to my to my mind that she's, you know, she is not one of those people like, you know, a lot. There are a lot of people out there who are like, you know, this violates God's law. It's destroying families. You know, I'm not like that. You're not like that. J.K. Rowling is not like that. But the whole it's a brilliant defense mechanism if you disagree with them they just immediately throw this this slur at you and the thing is like i'm not buying it because i've been in a relationship with the with a bpd nightmare and i know what it looks like and i know how they do this to you you know you a bpd nightmare <laughs> a borderline personality the, disorder uh. nightmare 
of a woman who, you know, this is what they do to you. You know, if you disagree with them, if you challenge them, they push a healthy boundary. That's the definition of BPD. You know, they've, they test limits. They push and they push and they push and they see what they can get away with. And you keep letting them get away with something because they're master manipulators. And next thing you know, you are in this nightmare situation. They violate a healthy boundary and you must defend that line, that healthy boundary. And if you don't, they will take more next time. They will realize, oh, I can do this. That means I can do this. And so what happens, they can manipulate you though by by throwing these terrible things at you. You know, they they do something that is not okay to do. You try to defend yourself and then suddenly they're they're gaslighting you and accusing you of not loving them and accusing you of abusing them and all these things. And you're like, oh my God, because if you're like a decent person, it it works on you. So you're saying that um, the people who are hating on rolling are sort of... um Borderline um, personality sorry, disorder. Borderline personality disorder. But you you didn't define actual transphobia yet. You just said what transphobia isn't. It isn't whenever I disagree with someone, I'm transphobic. But what is transphobia? It's a set of ideas that are negative attitudes, feelings, hostility, or mm-hmm. discrimination or harassment against trans people, right? That's exactly right. And the same thing with homophobia or anything like that. Like, like you can, you know, it's, it's a complicated thing. I can understand, you know, maybe some overly simplistic person might, might be like, I'm not homophobic. I'm not afraid of gays. I just don't like them. Okay. That's, you know, that's, that would be called homophobic. Like, like really just not having an, like having an active dislike of a whole group of people based on their gender, sexual orientation, or gender identity. That would be that would be what woke people do, you know. <laughs> they they hate straight cis white men like they're, they're the, the fucking devil, right? It's like I'd call that that, and then they would jump in and say, "There's no such thing as reverse racism or reverse discrimination in gender," but that's a different issue. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the definition of homophobia is like sort of just an unreasonable, disproportionate, discriminatory bias against a group of people based on something that. As a society overall, we've decided it's not okay to base it a bias on. You know, you can't, but you can't discriminate right. against people based on something like gender identity. But it's not. But of course, at, but that's not really. That's what homophobic means in the dictionary. But it's not what it means in real world application. What it means in real world application is just a brilliant, abusive, manipulative tool to you can use any time somebody disagrees with you, you can throw this frightening word at them. And it's like, it's, 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 it's transphobic is the new communist. You know, that's what it means. It has that same effect. You throw that at somebody and it, and it means it's like calling somebody out as an enemy of the state or whatever you want to call it. Right. But before you said homophobic, so you mean transphobic or, or as with homophobic, so with transphobic yeah. and, and so with sexist and racist, these, these are all, um, ways you can sort of end the discussion by saying, you know, it's a kind of, it's a form of an ad hominem attack, right? Like we, we could be having a whole dialogue and end up disagreeing, but if I want to play the ultimate Trump card, I can then say, well, I think you're that's sexist or racist or transphobic or whatever. And then that is supposed to, I think, commonly end the debate because that's saying that you have some sort of 
bad motivation for even making this argument or that that argument itself excludes all these people we actually care about. So you can't keep making that line of argument. It shuts the person and so, down. Yeah, it shuts down the debate. It shuts the debate down immediately. And you can't, it's built into it that you can't, you can't argue against it because every step, everything you, everybody and, and, and the cowards just keep lining up beside you, just going, just shut up, stop talking, stop talking. You know what the whole thing reminds me of? Like people like JK Rowling, her publisher's got to be like, just shut the fuck up. And she's like, no, somebody's got to stand up and say something. And I applaud her for doing it because there's so few people who are willing to do it. And there's nothing even on the line. Really? Not really. There didn't used to be, but now more and more, more and more, there is something very much on. People are losing their jobs or losing their careers. People get canceled. People's contracts get pulled. I mean, real stuff happens, you know, based on just a word at this point. And the whole thing reminds me of like, Mike, you know, no one is willing to say anything. It reminds me of when I was a kid, my, um, (laughs) you know, they would tell me that like, as a, as a, kid I was like classic about like I would just would not know when to shut up I just kept going like you know that's but this is this isn't fair this isn't true I've got to keep fighting for like what is fair and true and everybody around me would go just stop talking they would always (laughs) so my parents would tell me that my sister was great we'd be like my sister and I would be at each other's throats having a fight in the other room and then like my parents would walk in and Angie would just so then my sister would just immediately shut her mouth and just like sit there and just kind of smile. And I would keep just going like, well, this is what happened. And it wasn't fair because she started and this is blah, 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 blah. And then it's just like, and my sister's <laughs> just sitting there just, just being quiet and shutting up. And then I'm the one who always gets into trouble because I can't just sit there and just be quiet. I never knew when to just stop, you know, and that's what, and that's what everybody knows the rules now. Everybody is like, yeah, we all know it's bullshit. We all know it's oppressive. We all know we're like slowly falling under the thumb of some like oppressive red regime. But what are you going to do? You got to just be quiet. I mean, it's incredible how quickly people will fall fall in line and, and just submit to this authority, no matter who has the authority. You know, it's just it's really frightening, honestly. Two things about that, though. One is, do you think it's just that they don't think it's worth it, that they don't really see any high stakes consequences for just shutting up and putting up? You know, like, just like, let me just smile and wave and move on with my day. I don't have to agree with this political approach or this view of identities, but it doesn't, it's not worth getting into a battle, especially if there is a fear of negative consequences, right? That's how a lot of professors now are operating, right? I'm not even going to cover this topic because it's not worth it to me. Someone's going to complain and my job is going to be in jeopardy. It's not worth it. So Fuck it. I'm just not going to cover that topic. Yep. I think you're right. Some people just don't know that there was really, they didn't really understand soon enough how much was actually on the line. But now people, I think more and more and more people are starting to see what, what has always been on the line. You know, because it's it's getting more and more and more people are saying like this is out of control. Okay, but what's on the line? Well, that, yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. What's on the line? I think what's on the line is the same thing that was on the line during the McCarthy era. You know, it's or or to go back even further and everybody hates this analogy because they say, like, well, you just can't say that. Well, yes, you can. It does. Actually, it reminds me a lot of, you know, it's is a very like I said last time, it's like, you know, like how did the Holocaust ever? How did the how did the Nazis ever come to power? You know, it's people just cannot wait to submit to authority to have somebody come along and tell them what to do with their lives. Right. Not to sound like like the, the villain from 1984 or something, but that's the kind of thing that is on the line. And everybody rushes in to go, oh, you sound ridiculous. You're so over exaggerating. You're over exaggerating. Am I? Am I really? Well, why don't you ask some of the people who 
it's not even about like there are those notable cases like J.K. Rowling. You could jump in and you could say, well, I mean, oh, yeah, poor J.K. Rowling. She has billions of dollars. Oh, no, people think she sucks. Poor <laughs> her. But, you know, you can also go to like, you know, like just, a, you know, you can look at somebody like and it's just an instructor who's just making $32,000 a year with his master's degree, you know, um, like just trying to teach a class and just like under the thumb of this thing. I think for, well, speaking of that, uh, higher education would be a very good way to just take one example of what's in the line, which is like pretty much like the university is a lost cause at this point. The humanities departments certainly are just, they're just a lost cause because the whole thing that is most important about higher education is the, is that this is a place where, Ideas are freely discussed, where ideas ideas can be discussed in a learning environment where differences of opinion will be debated and that's out the window. Like respected. It, they'll be respected. Yeah. And that's complete every every survey shows, you know, like that's just it's like everybody is scared to death to say anything. And the very people who are doing the most censorship and the most just browbeating and the most intimidation still continue to call themselves the victims in those very situations because that is integral to their whole defense. That's what gives them the right. And another going back to this, you know, borderline personality disorder thing of that, how much these people resemble uh, people that are diagnosed as what they call borderline personality disorder now is that it, the idea is that a, a person that's, that, that is mentally ill with borderline personality disorder, they decide that you have, wronged them in some way and it has you know this is a thing that everybody does like just a normal person in a relationship you decide this other person hurts you and then the gloves come off they've hurt you so now in your mind it takes a great deal of will to resist this impulse like if somebody hurts you then basically they don't deserve any consideration like this thing kicks in where you can now hurt them and do anything you want it doesn't matter fuck them because they deserve it because they hurt you so now it's okay for you to hurt them it's okay for you to be a terrible person because they were just a terrible person that's just human nature and somebody who's like really mentally ill with this they are just like deciding that you're a terrible person for no reason you're just sitting there like being loving and doing nothing wrong and they suddenly feel that you've attacked them or assaulted them in some way and then also, the the quickness and the degree to which those gloves can come off. You know, you can be just doing nothing wrong, and they can suddenly decide that you have wronged them. And next thing you know, they're they're literally beating you and spitting in your face and throwing shit at you and attacking you because they've decided that you deserve it. You know, and I'm in that situation with me. I remember saying um, at one point, um, you know, do you think that I deserve what you're doing to me right now? And she says, yes. I absolutely do in this, this moment. This is your your BPD. This is my BPDX. X, yeah, which was that abusive? Which would and be thought you deserved the abuse, right? So you're really Scary. the person is like literally spitting in my face, or you know, attacking me to the point where Hitting my entire you. body is covered in 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 deep scratches, you know, or something, or you know, things like that. Um, and and Yikes. and the person is completely convinced that you deserve this because you asked them a question. Well, this is where I think to interject to, and to be fair to um, in the movement for trans and gay rights, the what they've argued, and I've always been aligned with this argument, is that that happens to them, right? That you, they might just be going about their business, just like you described, but being um, somehow um, gender atypical, 
whether because of who they love or how they express their gender or uh, how they look. And, and someone can decide that that's offensive and they deserve to be fired from their job or beaten up or even killed. And so that's been a problem they've faced. What, what's sad is if there's any kind of idea that turnabout is fair play. I mean, because ideally we don't want to move into a future where, you know, now anybody who expresses an opinion that's different from whatever is the majority accepted mainstream view, you know, gets doxxed online and loses their job and everything else or or gets physically threatened or harmed. That would just be the same problem the other way around. But just to want to interject, to be fair, that has been the problem that gay rights and trans activists have been. uh, That's the fight they've been fighting is that they're targeted by asshole bullies like the one you just described being in a relationship with. And those folks have decided that, you know, they're those sort of traditionally gendered people who have, you know, maybe also some kind of BPD have decided that it's so offensive that someone's trans or gay um, or somehow different from how the, the kind of authority they submit to in their mind that it's okay to attack them. And so I guess I feel like it, that's the part that we're supposed to remember is we're, we're supposed to be okay with difference and we're, and what, and difference in viewpoint, differences in identities, differences in styles of embodiment and, and physical adornment and expression. And all of these things are supposed to be okay. So it, it just seems like it, it's sad if we've moved from fighting against that kind of bullying from, you know, uh, certain straight people um, to sort of bullying back, if you will, because it just doesn't seem like in the end it's that helpful. And it is the same kind of authoritarianism only from the other way around. Yeah, that's and a good way to put it, bullying, that, bullying back. That is, it's an illiberal attempt to secure your rights. It really, yeah, illiberal is the word. It's a completely illiberal. It's the it's the opposite of what people. I think most of these same people, if you question them, it's interesting. What we're discussing right now is um, kind of the core issue. And usually, you know, what we discuss is is sort of the effects. Like you say, you can look at you know, you know, here's a here's a news post where you know Eddie Redmayne just said it was a mistake to play a trans character in The Danish Girl. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's going to come next? Like, is Brent Spiner from Star Trek The Next Generation going to apologize for playing an android? You know, is... uh, (laughs) I just... (laughs) I was just watching... I've been totally obsessed with Pretty Little Liars lately, which is hilarious. That's a fantastic show. Actually, it's a terrible show, but it's just I just got obsessed with it, you know? And <laughs> and uh, like Tamin Sursok, or however you say her name, um, she plays um, Jenna on this show. And it's like she's she's playing a, a blind girl. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, she, like why is it like is she going to have to apologize for playing a blind girl, a sighted, this sighted bitch pretending to be blind? Yes, it's called acting. You know what the hell should uh, should um, should Charlize Theron go back and apologize for playing an ugly woman in Monster, or should Dustin Hoffman apologize <laughs> for playing a disabled person in Rain Man? Where do we draw the line? Oh, yeah. And of course, of course, the yeah. answer is we draw the line exactly where this pack of bully assholes keeps telling us to draw the line. I would say maybe one of the core issues is like I have the right to believe 
anything I want to believe and I have the right to feel however I want to feel. Again, you can't have it both ways. You cannot uphold subjective feelings as the basis for external reality if you're trans and then tell me that my feelings are all problematic and have to be cured by something. That is kind of what is happening. One of the things you asked, what is at stake? And I think one of the things that is at stake is that there is this slippery slope where slowly just feelings inside of you that have not been acted on are being declared off limits. So more and more, that's why they use the term thought police from 1984, right? That's what that's about. You're not even allowed to think. Like if you are caught thinking, if, if I find out that you think feel this way, you're in deep shit. And we have all begun to self-monitor our thoughts. We all have now, like, there's this very active, like, the, the mental bouncer is working overtime in all of us to kick our bad feelings out of the bar before they have a chance to even get in and fuck things up and throw up on something. You know, that's like... <laughs> That's, that's, that's what's going on, you know, where more and more we are self-censoring and they do these surveys of, of college classrooms and professors and students and everybody says like, yeah, like they, everybody self-censors now to the point where really we're afraid to even think anymore, you know, to, to even think a bad thought that maybe we would have thought before. I would say for me personally, I absolutely think you should be able to, you know, you can be whatever gender identity you want to be. You can love whoever you want to love. I support I support the existence of gay people and trans people. I support gay marriage. But I do not support a lot of the tactics of identity politics when it comes to LGBTQ uh, issues. And that is a perfectly okay thing to do. But they are not allowing for a reasonable middle ground. And that's the trouble that J.K. Rowling got into. She has made it very clear many times that she is she is supportive. Of, of, of trans people, of marriages, of all that stuff. She's supportive of that, but she is also concerned about the feelings of, she's also concerned about the rights and safety of women. And they're saying, you're not allowed to do that. Here's a thing too, though, and we talked about social media earlier. Um, when, when I think to myself, well, what did J.K. Rowling do that's so offensive? Even if I try to look into it myself, like you were saying, people don't look into what did she really say. They just kind of are sheep and go with whatever somebody said. J.K. Rowling is now evil, so go with it, right? But when I, my problem with social media is if I look up what did J.K. Rowling do, there'll already be somebody's sort of partisan interpretation of it that oversimplifies it. Or at least that I wonder if it's oversimplified. So, for example, there was a headline um, in social media, J.K. Rowling said there really are just two genders. And that person is, of course, like I think agreeing, and that person is a gender traditionalist or conservative, and I'm not conservative traditionalist. So I'm like, well, I don't think there are only two genders. I think there's multiple genders. And I'm fine with whatever gender someone wants to be. So then I always feel like as soon as I go to embrace a sort of heterodox viewpoint on social media, I immediately feel like I'm in the company of all these extremist assholes, right? Like it's sort of like when you're you're reading along and you might be reading an article and you start to think, well, this person really has a good point and it's really an unusual position and it's giving me, you know, pause. I'm, I'm starting to think differently about whatever issue it is. And then you go read the comments and they'll some, somebody will be like, great point. And that's why I always knew Hitler was right. You know, and you're like, oh my God, no, that's this not happens to me. I'm not with this person. I, I don't think 
think Hitler is right? Yeah, you can't. There's 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 no room for a sort of uh, reasonable middle ground anywhere. And and it happens to me all the time where I I'm I'm uh, I just don't I just don't fit anywhere, you know, because I basically, you know, most of the people that were all that have always been in my circle tend to be, you know, educated, left leaning people. And so I basically feel like I can't talk to any of them anymore because they've all just even the very smartest of them. They just don't like if you bring up the trans issue with even the smartest people on the left now, it's just you. I can't get them to see this distinction. And that's why the J.K. Rowling thing is interesting, because what she said about that thing about two genders, you know, there's this whole I read an article recently that's defending her and saying, you know, um, um, well, there's lots. There are some articles that are defending her. I read an article uh, that was quoting statistics saying, you know, we did a big poll and uh, 75 percent of adult Americans, according to a pretty large poll, um, agree with J.K. Rowling that there's only two genders. And so Wait, is it so fair? Rowling did say that no, Rowling did say there's only two genders. No, J.K. Rowling responded to that by saying, like, thanks, but I never said that, actually. And she uh-huh. rec- what she actually never said that what she said is some probably can pull this up real quick. Um, here oh, it is. I see it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she said. Uh, so she responded to this. There, so there was this news article about the poll. You know, basically, most Americans actually agree with J.K. Rowling. There's only two genders. And so she made a tweet, a small but important point. I've never said there are only two genders. There are innumerable gender identities. The question at the heart of this debate is whether sex or gender identity should form the basis of decisions on safeguarding, provision of services, sporting categories, and other areas where women and girls currently have legal rights and protections. Using the words sex and gender interchangeably obscures the central issues of this debate, which is kind of what I was saying a while ago, it also rewrites history. You know, you go back and you talk about all the all the records that um, Caitlyn Jenner smashed, and you you know you're talking about the things that 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 wasn't a she that did that at the time. That was Bruce Jenner. You know, and so if you go back and in, in, you know currently, if you talk about Leah Thomas, this amazing woman who is breaking all the records for women, right? Because this woman you're talking about is biologically male, which is why everybody on uh, Leah Thomas's team is pissed and a uh, long time, you know, people like uh, officials are resigning in protest and, and, and sports legends like Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett are coming along and saying, this is bullshit. This is destroying the sport because this, uh, you know, trans, uh, trans woman, Leah Thomas is destroying all the records and all the, all the you know, the, the uh, cis women on the team are going like, well, I guess everything that I do is pointless now. I've been training my entire life. I work as hard as I can. And then Leah beats me in the pool by 40 seconds. So I guess I just, I quit. What do you want from me? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, it happens to me all the time, though, what you were saying, where I start reading an article that's like, like for example, you know, uh, it sounds like I'm agreeing with. I'm saying, yes, thank you, thank you. They're saying, like, you know, this stuff is kind of out of control. And I go, thanks, all right, cool. And I start reading, and then it's like, you know, and that's why gays are going to burn in hell, or that's why Satan comes, you know. And then you just, you know, no, like, why no. did you have to go there? You were. <laughs> it seems like there are no people left who are just, like, able to tread a line in the middle. And so I got off topic, but what I was trying to say is, like, most of the people that I have always been associated with the people on the left and those people have all lost their minds. So the transphobic issue with J.K. Rowling comes up where 
She never said there were only two genders. She hasn't attacked trans people. All she's saying is she's looking out for this crew over here. She's looking out for, she's like, okay, by all means, do what you want to do. But like, I also am watching out for the world of cis women, which is like most women. Okay, that's a fact, right? And I'm watching out for them. And what about them? And for that offense, she is being like canceled across the board and all of her own people are turning on her. And you see people who are smart, who... They should know better. And they come out and they say like, you know, this bitch needs to know, you know, trans lives matter. If a trans, if a, a trans woman is a woman, period. And and again, J.K. Rowling's like, fuck, I know. I never said that it wasn't that. Like what I'm saying is you, this thing that you do to look out for yourself fucks over me. What about me? What about, and, and that's just the point is, of course, well, you don't matter. Fuck you. We don't care about you. Like, like I'm always talking about this. It's like, like if a straight woman, you know, a straight cis woman, if my fiance goes to class and has to listen to an hour lecture about how only an idiot would get married, what about her feelings if that's part of her core identity? And of course, the point is like, well, we don't care about your feelings. It doesn't matter. I was watching this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation earlier, which is like, you know, the best show ever, basically. And... <laughs> And there's this thing where, okay, real quick. So one of my favorite characters, Lieutenant Barkley, he's like the only realistic character in the show because he has this crippling anxiety disorder. And like everybody on the ship almost dies like every week, right? And the show, and like any person, any normal person would just have like massive PTSD. But Barkley's the only guy who actually is like, he's like having a panic attack all the time from the stress of everything. So this is like my favorite character because he's like me. <laughs> so anyway, he can't cope. So he creates like on the holiday, and for you uh, people who don't know, you know, the holodeck, it's like, it's like, just think of it as like virtual reality. It's a long story short. So anyway, he recreates the crew um, so he can play out these fantasies on the holodeck of like beating up his supervisor who he doesn't like, you know, or like seducing the woman who he's in love with, but she would never give him the time of day in the real world. That sort of thing, right? Yeah. Barkley has created this fantasy where he's like, he's like emasculating and infantilizing everybody in the crew and, uh, and Riker's like, you know, this yeah, this is this shit isn't cool. We got to shut this down. And the therapist says says, I think this might be healthy for Mr. Barkley. We should let this play out. And it's like, so she's saying like, the important thing isn't that your rights are being violated. The important thing is that this guy, by violating your rights, is feeling better about himself. And <laughs> then they they go a little further into the holodeck, and then. They stumble into a, a, a reproduction of her. He's reproduced her in this super sexualized way. And she's all slutted out kind of and like, I'm the goddess of love. And she's like, oh, no, that's bullshit. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's classic. It's like until it comes to me. And now she's so now she wants to shut it down because now she's on the line. I just thought I'm like watching this. and I'm going, oh, my God, this is like this is perfect because that's exactly what it is. It's like, you know, it's the same thing like with the 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 Scottish police, like, you know, Going like the important thing is the the rapist gender identity feelings and everybody's like what the f what about the person who got raped or whatever you know and of course just J.K. Rowling's whole thing is like you know yes I I support you I want you to feel good about yourself and live your fullest life but when you're stepping when you're when you're violating all of these people's safety then what about that and what about like if people say you know I'm not <laughs> Like this, here's an easy one. The cis woman says, I, l l let me explain something. I'm not a cis woman. I'm a woman. And they, and they say, no, you're not. You have no right to say that. You are what I say you are. And that's the thing. It's like, I am what, like a, the a trans rights thing is like, I am what I say I am. And you are also what I say you are. 
And that's where it doesn't work. Well, it, that's where it gets that, you know, that transgender people were originally responding to cisgender people saying, no, you say you're a woman, but you're a man because right. they're interpreting things through an anti-trans lens. And that's not right? cool and either, so, right. Right. And so what that's, again, we're going, well, are we going to overcorrect? Because, again, you can't have it both ways. If, if you want people to acknowledge your identity, then you can't impose some identity or new label on someone else. So we'll have to figure some other way uh, to proceed because, yeah, you can't. If somebody says, I'm a woman, they go, fine. And, and if a trans woman wants to say, I'm a woman, go ahead. I, I mean, it's not, I, I'm not going to be able to say whether they can or cannot do that. Just like they can't say whether you have to identify yourself as a cis man. Right? I mean, so, I mean, you could advocate for, I mean, you could make an argument if you want that, it would be nice if everybody modified, added a modifier, modified like what kind of woman or man they are. So everyone would either be a cis man or a trans man or a cis woman or a trans woman or gender non-binary, throwing out that whole dichotomy. But so that but that you could you could argue that just like there's people arguing that we, sh- we should just use the pronoun they for everybody. I mean, there's people making that argument. Fine. They're entitled to make the argument. But creating a law that forces me to use certain pronouns goes a step further or, you know, threatening my job because I don't call myself cis or because I don't call myself trans and I just call myself a woman or a man that that goes too far. I think and that's, you're getting down to what the core point really is. And I just sort of fly all around the periphery and the, you know, and just, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, that's what most people probably do. I mean, you just see, you see, you see something in the news and you get, and you go like, oh, what the hell's going on? And then you see something else and you go, this is getting out of control. But, you know, you're just <laughs> sort of concentrating all these little things, these little examples of insanity, you know, but the core thing really is just comes back over and over again for me anyway. Uh, it comes back to, this issue of you're right like I, I i am i think a lot of people i think i think people the average person actually probably deserves more credit i think a lot of people and this this has really changed certainly it continues to change people are more and more accepting of um of you know identities that were that have been marginalized historically and i think that we know statistically that has definitely changed a lot and it continues to do so and it depends on where you are if you're in vermont like me up here Versus, you know, um, somewhere that historically is not like that, like, you know, you're down in rural southern Georgia or something. Sorry, guys. But, you know, of course, that's going to you're going to get a different poll on. Do you think do you think trans people do you think gay trans couples should be married? You know, and there's going to be places still certainly where that a lot of people really are going to be what you actually would call transphobic or homophobic or something. However, I think a lot of people deserve more credit than that. A lot of people probably do. A lot of people that are that are critics, at least, you know, internally, even if they're afraid to say it, there's a lot of people out there who are critics of these identity politics and this, particularly this sort of what people would say is like woke bullying. Um, but a lot of those people probably are supportive, at least enough, of of identities that are very different than them, than theirs. And I, I think, again, I want to emphasize that word, at least enough. They are supportive at least enough. That has to be okay, guys, okay? You can't go in and say like, you know, like, I'm sorry, there are, 
this is something that is different than you and everybody doesn't have to feel the same way as you. You say, but you have no right. You have no right to feel something that is discriminating against a trans person or a gay person. But you do have a right to feel that way. You can come in and and then the other person has a right to come in and say, well, I'm sorry, you're such a bigoted fucking asshole, you know, but that that doesn't mean that that person needs like thought therapy. Okay. Like, (laughs) like, like in the same way that like, like a cis woman, do you think that every, so every woman in the world, this is the, where is the core problem? The core problem is these people will not stop until every woman in the world calls herself a cis woman. She says, I identify as a cis woman instead of just saying I'm a woman. Hospitals now more and more and more are beginning to enforce certain terminology, right? I just edited a sensitivity textbook where you have to change every instance of mother gets changed to female parent. I actually changed, you know, we can trace the, you know, the, the, it's, uh, this is a DNA thing. It's inherited biologically from the mother or the grandmother. I changed that line to female parent or female parents, female parent. No joke. <laughs> Not I a joke. It. Whole human sexuality textbook all the way through. You don't say woman, you say vulva owner or person with the vulva. It sounds like a joke, but that is what is happening. Uh, college textbooks at this point, you're, what you're doing is erasing, erasing gender from the whole equation. You know, if my wife goes into a hospital to give birth and somebody calls her, you know, oh, you must be the mother. Is this the father? Like you could potentially sue this person. Hospitals are freaking out about this. Hospitals are changing. They're they're enforcing the word chest feeding instead of breastfeeding. I don't get that one at all. Oh, geez. When you're a vegetarian or you're a hypochondriac, like we've talked about before, and you go in a place and um, people are, you know, don't realize that your hypochondria is triggered because they're coughing all over your coffee cup they're about to hand you, or the, uh, the only thing to eat is meat. You, I, I get what that it feels like, and that you you want to be visible too. Just because the odds are people aren't scared of having their coffee cup um, coughed on, or the odds are that people are going to eat meat for lunch, then it doesn't mean it's not nice to be recognized. It's just what links are you going to go to to change everything for your for your visibility and, and recognition. And how far do you, how far is it permissible for you to go stepping on other people's toes? You know, how much do those people's rights uh, matter? And, and, you know, of course, and it's, once again, it's built in. They just come at you with the BPD defense. You know, they just, they just come at you like, you know, instantly I sound like I'm like accusing people of reverse racism and they start painting me as this, you know, as this nut job or something. And of course, you know, that's what they've done to J.K. Rowling. Like they painted her as this transphobic, hate-filled, blah, blah, blah. Somebody's a uh, – John Stewart accused her of uh, of being anti-Semitic now recently because – oh, I, actually, I'm not sure exactly what his wording was, but he accused her the goblins in Harry Potter, he said, are clearly anti-Semitic tropes. And some people, like Jewish Foundation has, you know, come into her defense saying like, um, she's been on the record like a lot of times uh, in support like really staunchly on media defending, you know, attacking anti-Semitic, um, you know, a- attacking anti-Semitic organizations and things like that. I find it really kind of hard to believe. And then other people come in and they say, where are we going to draw the line? Are we going to go back and cancel Tolkien and uh, Terry Pratchett now, you know, and other fantasy writers? How far are we going to go back now? 
the, I guess the main question we come back to over and over again is how far is it okay before you have overcorrected, you know? And at what point people love to, you know, all of my, you know, uh, most of my liberal friends, you know, and have always, they always jump in to say, you know, to say like, you got to let it overcorrect some, it's going to swing back. And we've talked about this before where, it's really swinging pretty far, you know, and of course they would immediately just go like, oh, look at the white man who's just tired of having to give up a piece of his pie, right? I am so sick of hearing that. This is just, it's such an oversimplification and it's, again, it's a way of shutting down the argument. You can just say, well, you are just, you don't want to give up any power. So you're just threatened. You're just this like tiny dick, tiny man threatened by losing some of your power, you know? And that is the overt agenda of so much representation now. We talk about you know, how is this occurring? What erasure is this? And more and more of what you're doing is at the institutional level, like you go to a hospital, they're erasing the concept of mother and father, even though the vast majority of people who go into that hospital, their identities are being erased. So they're going to erase the identities of 98% of the people who go in there so that 2% of the people who go in won't be offended. Is that right? Right. 